All right, Brad, we have a special show today. We have some friends here. Uh, you know, th- this podcast space, it's it's kind of lonely sometimes. Yeah. But then you find a podcast that does something a little bit similar to what you do. And my thought was, oh, man, we got to get these guys on. So Matthew and Ben from Giant Cocktails, their podcast, which ju- they just debuted it this year. So we only beat them to the market by like six months <laughs> with our podcast. <laughs> Would you call it a market? Do we have like a market share? Yeah, like it's it's like I mean, it's like a half of a half of a percent or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you know their their whole podcast is based around having a cocktail, mixing a cocktail before they talk about giants. Kind of similar to what we like to do, though. I imagine that the cocktail that they're going to share with us that they're drinking today is a little bit more of a of a fancy schmancy thing than what uh, I got going. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're more sophisticated <laughs> than us. <laughs> it doesn't take much, but I'm sure they're more so- sophisticated. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to bring Matthew and Ben on. And I, I don't know if this is just kind of like the Giants gods playing with us, but all kinds of news dropped <laughs> right as we we're going to record. So we have all kinds of news to talk about, which is great. Because yeah. we'll get Matthew and Ben's take on all this stuff. But let's hit the intro video, and then we'll bring them back on here. Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting and pump. We are here with Matthew and Ben, two longtime Giants fans, two Bay Area guys that, you know, they're still out here in the Bay, Brad. You're the only one who left us. Yeah. Reno called. The mountains <laughs> called. I'm here. It's freezing in Reno. I want to be back in the Bay Area for the winter. All right. We don't have labels, so I, I will just say, on your right, you will see Matthew. On your left, you will see Ben. Ben is underneath me. Matthew is underneath Brad. So let's talk, guys. Like, I mean, I don't, either of you can start, but I kind of want to hear about the genesis of this podcast, which we felt was just such a great mix and match for our podcast. Yeah, well, I think uh, the genesis was uh, during COVID times, you know, wanting to do something that was, you know, something that was fun and uh, that we could do together as brothers. Uh, we both live in the in the Bay Area, but not real close to each other. So we sure. don't see each other very often. And and so it was uh, just, hey, let's do a podcast. And then it became what do we want to do a podcast about. And we kicked around cocktails and we kicked around the Giants and uh, ultimately decided to do both. So uh, that's where uh, Giant Cocktails came from. And, uh, you know, uh, Ben is the, the brains. I'm the brawn. You know, that's kind of... Uh, <laughs> how, how I oh, look no. it anyway. Yeah. No, <laughs> no what? <laughs> is that Nobody news? told is that... me I'm the brains. <laughs> Somebody's got to be them. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, well, that. Thank you. That's yes. I am the brains. Uh, <laughs> this was this was all of my 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 brainchild. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically how it happened. Matthew said, uh, you know, well, we've been talking about doing a podcast for a while because, you know, it's, you know, we were, we were both uh, dreaming of starting our, our, uh, our media empire, you know, um, and, um, and I said, let's do one on cocktails. And he said, let's do one on Giants baseball. And, you know, kind of like chocolate and peanut butter. Um, that's how we ended up here. Um, 
I mean, we're both lifelong San Francisco Giants fans. So, I mean, it, it was a really easy, easy transition, um, easy thing to do. And I mean, what's easier than drinking cocktails and talking baseball. So, <laughs> and doing that on a weekly basis with your brother. I mean, I think I said this very early on in our podcast, that basically everybody's doing this once a week. We're just recording it and letting other people sure. <laughs> uh, listen to us. Um, I think the, the most interesting thing that we discovered is that other people actually do listen to us, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, I, I think in the back of my mind, I always assumed nobody would. And, and then suddenly my voice is out there um, ranting and raging about Gabe Morales. I, I think, <laughs> I think I've eliminated my, myself from public office just with that one <laughs> 60 minute screed by itself. So, <laughs> okay. So here's a question because uh, the way that baseball has sort of worked in society is it's kind of a beer sport, right? You go to the ballpark, you get your beer. Now beer is like 20 bucks at a ballpark. And so when Brad and I started doing this, Brad's more of a beer drinker than I am. But, you know, we then we just started, you know, drinking whiskey and we were talking about bourbon and stuff. So why cocktails for you guys rather than beer which or wine which is all kind of wine is a a little bit trendy as far as this kind of stuff you know with podcasts so why cocktails i i mean well one is just uh, cocktails has been a hobby of mine for a while um and and what i really love about cocktails is just the creativity and and how uh how with just a few simple ingredients you can create just so many different variations and it's something that is, I, I think it's really accessible, but you can get super, super creative. So there's just a really wide breadth to the hobby. And, you know, I mean, I, these days, I mean, I think you can go deep into any one thing. Um, I just went into cocktails because I love spirits. I'm just, you know, beer is great. I love beer. I especially like Belgian beers. Um I will definitely drink a glass of wine from time to time, but I, I just think that uh, to me that the whole world of spirits is, is just a much wider and more exciting, um, you know, uh, platform. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just think it's cooler. These cocktails <laughs> are just cooler, you know, especially, I mean, especially as I get older, like when I was younger, I used to think, wow, you know, people who drink whiskey are a little sophisticated, right? Like anybody could have a beer, Anybody mm-hmm. can have a glass of wine. Yeah. If you got like a glass with some whiskey and maybe a rock or not or, or neat like like you were drinking, mm-hmm. I, I really apologize for the audio only folks because they're not going to be able to see some of the things that I'm referencing. But to me, it was like, oh, you know, when you're an adult, that's when you drink whiskey, like when you are successful, you know. But, you know, it's, it's I think it's, it feels to me like it's just sort of casual as you get older. But when I'm younger, I'm just thinking this is what like adults like real adults drink is, you know, they drink this stuff. Right. So. No kids. I'm here to tell you there's cheap whiskeys <laughs> out there. You can start early. You can start real young and uh, real cheap and work your way up to the top. Um, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's start 21. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, right. See, so, see, I'm not the brains of the other. <laughs> well, well, Brad's got uh, younger daughters, uh, teen, teenage age. My, yeah. I have two boys. Uh, at least my kids are two. They're twenty-one. I, I also have stepkids who are uh, younger. But my youngest just turned twenty-one, and so we're going out to. Nice. He, he goes to school at University of Arizona, so we're going out to Tucson this week. 
And I told him, I said, okay, you know, this is not frat stuff. Like you guys drink <laughs> your beers and your hard seltzers in the dorms and on campus, but we're going to go out and you guys are going to have bourbon or you're going to have whiskey. Like we're going to drink something that you have to sip because you cannot just slam it. You got to taste it. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. Cause you know, now both of them are 21 and we can go do that. But um, all right. This podcast is called Thompson to Clark, which shows kind of the where Brad and I come in to the to the Giants environment, the ecosystem. Yeah, you guys are of similar time frame when it comes to your favorite players and your favorite teams. So I'll start with Matthew, but just give the listeners an idea of where you come from when you talk about who your favorite player is, and then we'll go to Ben. Sure. Well, my very first favorite Giants player was Jack Clark. So that, that gives you a little idea of how, how old I am. But uh, uh, I remember being a kid, a little kid, and just sitting in the right field section of Candlestick Park and just watching every move Jack Clark made and just being in awe of Jack Clark. And, and you know, he was the star of the Giants and, uh, you know, their, their cleanup hitter. And I just loved everything about him. And then, then he moved on. And so I eventually uh, latched on to Will Clark. Uh, I guess I got to stay with my my Clarks <laughs> and uh, and Will Clark to this day is my all time favorite giant and just from you know his attitude and his uh, you know his personality and just what he meant to the Giants during the the late eighties and you know it was it was an amazing time and I, you know it's when I kind of really fell in love with the Giants was during that time I think and uh, being a teenager and you know watching the Giants uh, finally start being successful for the first time in my life so it was uh, yeah that that moment with Will Clark I think will always be the special one so i always call him my favorite player for sure all right putting you on the spot do you remember who he was traded for i'm sorry jack clark not will clark obviously oh uh well it was was it to the cardinals was that uh then no i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) the only player in that trade that i think anybody would remember is uribe came from from that trade ah. but little little nugget here he was actually known as jose gonzalez before that trade happened so that's how we were introduced to one jose uribe yeah well gonzalez doesn't really have the same ring as the whole stadium going <laughs> ooh ribe <laughs> right that was <laughs> all right ben i know you have a different favorite player than, than matthew here Oh, definitely have a different favorite player. Uh, I'm a little bit younger than Matthew, but I definitely remember that era. I remember the era when the Giants went from perpetually bad uh, to good. My first favorite baseball player was... uh, Chili Davis. Chili Davis. That's right. I have that, but I don't really remember Chili playing. I just know that because I found one of my many years ago. I found one of those baseball cards that you get when you play Little League. You know, and I think it was in yeah. T ball. I had a card, and I'm on the back of the thing. You put your favorite player, and it says Chili Davis on mine. Yeah. So, so I know that Chili Davis was my first favorite Giant, but I really remember the Giants when it was. You got to like these kids. It was 1986, I think, was when they ran that motto out there, and it was you know the year before they um, they made it back to the playoffs in '87, and uh, that's really when I first start remembering you know loving the Giants. Um, but my all-time favorite team, as listeners to Giant Cocktails will will absolutely know, is the 1993 San Francisco Giants. I I still think to this day that that was the best team. 
that the Giants ran out there on a regular basis. Although, I mean, it's hard to argue with 107 wins. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, uh, but yeah, and my absolute all-time favorite Giant is is Matt Williams. Um, nobody beats the Sarge in my book. Uh, nobody runs a home run trot more pure than Matt Williams, um, <laughs> which is really ironic because today I really love flashy. Uh, you know, I love me a, a good bat flip. Um, I love me a good stare down. I like guys who stand at home plate and watch the ball land before they start running. But somehow Matt Williams is still my uh, favorite all time giant. And, uh, you know, I think nothing broke my heart more, um, as a, as a teenager or as a, even in my whole, you know, like just, just realizing that the adult world sometimes does really dumb things was the 1994 season when, you know, when the players went on strike and, and, and Matt Williams home, you know, run home run, uh, uh, his shot at the home run record was, you know, cut short and, um, it it still ticks me off to this day, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of lost home runs that a lot that of season. lost home runs yeah. yes mm-hmm. yeah and, and so here's, no uh, brad i'll let you go for a second yeah, but yeah. the one thing i was going to mention is and if he does hit 61 then his whole idea of a hall of fame career probably is a little bit different right i think it's well i mean if you if you're the home run champion especially if you're the one who breaks that particular record first um, I think you get a huge leg up in the Hall of Fame uh, question. Absolutely. I I don't, I, I mean, if, if you just change that one season for Matt Williams, does that make him a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I think it's borderline, but. Um, well, he, but he, yeah, breaks, he, breaks the, he breaks the record. The Giants probably don't trade him during that season, though that trade was very helpful for, for those late 90s team. But it just yeah. changed the trajectory of things. Sorry, Brad, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. I have an important question. I didn't grow up with a brother. So in the backyard, when you guys are playing wiffle ball, baseball, tennis ball, you know, we, we grabbed whatever we could in the neighborhood and just went out and played. So here's the important question, since you guys are of that era, who got to be Will Clark? <laughs> oh, well, I, I was Will Clark. And, <laughs> older and, brother, right? And I actually, yeah. well, and it actually worked well because I was six years, well, five years older than than Ben. And so, to make it fair, I would bat left-handed. Oh, nice! And so I would, I, you know, I patterned my left-handed swing after Will Clark. And, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, so that was, you know, we would play wiffle ball in our front yard actually yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I'm since I'm five years older, I, I remember distinctly coming back from college my first summer. And, you know, we're much older. Ben's, uh, you know, in in, almost in high school at that point or about to go into high school. And we played a game of wiffle ball out in front. And this time I batted right handed. But um, I remember like trying to blow a ball by him and he launched it. You know, um, <laughs> last time we played, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's yeah. landed yet. And he yeah, was running, he did his Matt Williams run around, yeah, the, yeah, that ball is still flying, yeah, yeah. I ran around like seven times because I was yeah. sprinting like that, head down, yeah, just so, charging yeah. around. It's so, awesome. yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> It's really yeah, hard no. to show up your brother when when you're running like Matt Williams, though. That's that's the downside. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably like I like I like me a little Fernando Tatis yeah. these yeah. days. I, <laughs> just, I, yeah. I think he, that part one trot was a little more Tatis than it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably I think I probably watched it. I definitely. Yeah. If you run yeah. like Williams, he just thinks you're being respectful. Oh, yeah. my, my nice younger brother. No, no. He yeah. let me know. He let me know. <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, before we get to all this Giants news. I want to know what everyone is drinking i will start first because mine is very boring 
I just took some seltzer water. I took some ice cubes and I took uh, about a shot and a half of uh, bullet mixed it together a little bit. So very refreshing, but not, you know, not super interesting. I think what Brad is going to tell me that he had is much more interesting than mine. So Brad, why don't you go ahead and then we'll let Matthew and Ben tell us what they're drinking. Well, well, your drink is very Doris Day. I mean, a little (laughs) bourbon and seltzer, just kind of keeping it 50s. I like that. Yeah. Um, I went, since uh, in honor of our guests, I went ahead and made something up. Uh, I I got myself a Manhattan, and when I make a Manhattan, I try to pick a really good rye. Right now, I have a $15 rye in the cupboard. That's all I have. It's called Riverboat. And I do not recommend it. So don't go... I told you you could start cheap. <laughs> you can start very cheap. I do not recommend it. It's not bad. Uh, but, you know, and then I've got some vermouth and, and the Angostura bitters in there. Uh, and I like to do a little, um, a little orange wedge in there i you know just kind of take the peel off the orange twist it in there and drop it in uh and nice and simple very refreshing nice well uh i'm actually drinking uh similar to to garrett actually i pulled out the bourbon and the uh the bullet bourbon and and i kind of chuckled to myself as i pulled it out i was like a giant sponsor (laughs) and and uh and i'm actually doing an old-fashioned so nice um, nice uh, so this is a little bit of uh, about an ounce i mean i'm sorry a teaspoon or so of simple syrup with some a few dashes of angostura bitters and then a couple ounces of bourbon over ice and then I, for my garnish, is I just uh, the, the the Luxardo cherries are my favorite part, yeah. and so I uh, I usually just kind of savor those as the dessert of the drink, and uh, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, well, I was actually a good guest, and I figured <laughs> we would just you know when in Rome do as the Romans do. <laughs> so I'm just drinking um, whiskey neat, and this there is actually uh, Balvenie Caribbean cask. It's 14 years, um, and it's real super smooth. Uh, the only other bottle I had is my 16 year old Lagavulin, which nice. is I mean it's a real whiskey. Um, and, and you're not going to waste it on these yeah. guys, right? No, I'm not going to waste it on. No, I'm definitely not wasting it on Brad. That is the, that is a, the the Ron Swanson of drinks right there. The Lagavulin. Yeah. Lagavulin. It is. It is. Uh, it puts hair on your chest. Yes. It, it really does. It really does. It does not put hair on your head. Right. <laughs> I've tried. Um, honestly, it's a very very peaty scotch, yeah. and I you know I only drink it when I'm feeling very very sophisticated. Let's let's be honest. I only drink that when I've had a, a few already. There we go. <laughs> you know it, it's. Um, but uh, but if you want to sound sophisticated and you want to sound cool, kids. That's the whiskey you yeah. tell people you drink. <laughs> well, uh, but right now I'm Balvenie Caribbean cask. Um, I also love their their double their double wood, which is uh, aged in two different uh, kinds of barrels. But uh, they didn't have that one at the store today when I went. So uh, just nice. giving me some 14 year old Caribbean cask. Um, if I had made a cocktail, I would have made what Matthew made. So I'm glad I didn't, because because then, <laughs> then it would have been just super awkward. <laughs> 
So, yes. so you guys uh, on your podcast, you just go to giantcocktails.com. The whole, the the website is there. Your show is there. You guys are on Apple. You're on Spotify. You're on Google. You're on Amazon. All all of those everywhere. All the places where you can, except you can find except it. YouTube because you know nobody wants to look at these faces. So you know, so, yeah. You guys dragged us into the into the cameras in front of the. Cameras. I don't know. I'm kind of loving this. I'm loving looking it's... at my face. There you go. I almost like looking at my face as much as I listen to my voice. Uh oh. <laughs> the, the hard part though is when Garrett says something and I have to like look it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try, yeah, I try to stay true. on camera. It's really hard to do. Like I gotta look up those numbers real quick. I gotta tell you, there's <laughs> secrets to that, my my friend, because yeah. I, I work uh, remotely and so I'm on Zoom all the time. Oh, oh there I, you go. Yeah. I have mastered the the art of surfing the web. While looking like I'm paying attention, <laughs> I'm and, gonna have to uh, give you a call because yes, right. I... Well, the, the, the secret is is you got to get a camera, actually a separate camera from your default one that comes in your your browser, and you got to kind of put it sorry in your, okay. in your computer, yeah. And you got to put it right in your line of sight, so you're kind of staring here. But really, I'm just you know I'm scrolling <laughs> through. <laughs> okay, so quickly before we get to the news, just. Give us a, a, a couple of uh, tidbits about what you guys do. Obviously, you talk giants, you talk you drinks. Are you also giving out recipes? Are you educating like about the scotch that you were talking about? Are you educating people? So do they also get that? Not only do they get giants, but they also get an education about cocktails in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things, the dynamic between Ben and I is that Ben is kind of more of the accomplished uh, home bartender, whereas I really didn't have any experience uh, doing that before we started this uh, this podcast. So it is uh, a little bit of an education, you know, learning you know, and talking about, you know, the the, co- the cocktail that we're bringing to that 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 particular podcast, sometimes they are aligned with current events or things that have happened during the game or uh I think I made a, a, a milk punch, actually, cocktail uh, during the season, and it was using um, it was using uh, fruity pebbles milk, oh, uh, wow. and, and that was right after, uh, if you recall, uh, there was a double header where the guys went into uh, there was they had breakfast cereal lined up in the clubhouse. Oh yeah, all the guys ate the breakfast cereal, and then apparently that helped them, you know, kind of uh, come out of their funk, and <laughs> and uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to make a cocktail with uh, using Darren Ruff cereal. hit a home run or something, and yeah. 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 So so that's, you know, I think that's where we, we, we spend the first 15 minutes or so of the podcast, uh, you know, talking about our cocktails and what 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 went into them and that sort of thing, kind of an education. And then it's all giants after that. You know, there we it's, go. Uh, yeah, usually it's kind of the current events, what's going on that week. Uh, early on in the in the in the season, we would we really were breaking down each game and that that uh, as in, you know, we're trying to find our voice and kind of what we wanted the podcast to be. And uh, as we got towards the halfway point or something, we really started talking in general themes. And I think that was a little bit more enjoyable for us, uh, you know, rather than kind of breaking down something that happened five days earlier, because we're just a once a week podcast. So uh, just talking about the themes and what was coming up and what we were seeing uh, was you know, really enjoyable for us. And, and I hope the listeners en- enjoyed it as well. Yeah, we, we let the alcohol do its thing <laughs> and, and then we let our emotions out. Yes. You know. you uh, yeah. If you listen, if you listen, yeah. But I mean, we do talk a lot about the cocktails um, in depth, and um, and we've really gotten into that. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun, uh, you know. And we've tried a lot of interesting and different things during the season. So Matthew has been very adventurous. 
and uh, it is, and that has allowed me to make a lot of jokes about him ongoing throughout. Did the you movie. know, for example, that you can use lemon curd as a sweetener? No, in a cocktail? no you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, one can, one can. A skilled, a skilled bartender can use lemon curd in their cocktails. Matthew, you can't. <laughs> But I did. But how many people tried it? Was it just you? We have, no. uh, yeah. I, I, well, if then, somebody, yeah. if somebody, because we do put the recipes on it in Twitter <laughs> okay. and Instagram, and if people want to try them, that's great. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine I'm probably the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, that's the thing about making a po- cocktail podcast, right? It's like we don't even have pictures of these things. It's just, yeah. we just talk about them and then, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we get it very adventurous with, with the recipes and, and, and that's, you know, we do want to do a little bit of education about the cocktails, but it's really about the giants, yeah. uh, and, and really about just kind of relaxing and then just letting the emotions flow. And what a season for you to debut your show. <laughs> you could thank us now or later. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. You know. Thank you. That's why it happened. This <laughs> was all about us. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's hit some of the news real quick uh, because there is a lot of it. And, and it's I a do slow news get... day today, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing, exactly. nothing, happened. Happened. Yeah, nothing <laughs> happened. And I do want to get everyone's thoughts on this. So the Giants today uh, brought back. Now, they haven't announced the Alex Wood signing. As far as I could tell, they have announced Anthony Desclafani, who Brad affectionately calls Disco, is back three years, 36 million. Alex Wood, the rumor that I've seen, is two years for 20 million. So you're bringing two fifths of the starting rotation back. Now, I, I, I joked about this earlier with Brad when we were talking. I was like, oh, great. We, we brought uh, our, our we, you know, we brought our two number five starters back. But. <laughs> You know what's mean? They, um, you know, Brad had had a we brought brought our three and four guys for the price of our number five, sure, sure. So, but but Brad had it, Brad had a great stat. Uh, basically, who Desclafani was is he beat all of the teams that he was supposed to beat, and he struggled against some of the better teams, which you know, that 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 means that he was probably a little better than uh, than he's quite a bit better than average because. There weren't that many great teams in, in, in baseball. He was facing a lot of teams who weren't that great. So thus he was fairly successful. Um, Brad, did you have did what what was that stat? Did you did you write it down? Yeah. So I'm just gonna go with basic. I I, I like to do the ERA plus. I like to get into some of the more um, you know, fan graph type of stuff. But I'm just gonna keep it simple here. So disco was twelve and one with a one point nine six ERA against teams that were under five hundred. Teams that were 500 or better, he was one in six with a 5.77 ERA. So we need improvement, obviously, on that this season. But like I told Garrett, Garrett, it's it's fantastic for him to be back with the same coaching staff, the same pitching coaching staff, um, to have another 162 game season under his belt. Because remember, 2019 he was hurt. 2020 was cut short. Um, and then, so last year was his first 162 game season in a couple of years. So to have that again, that consistency to have him back on a $12 million a year deal, I think is fantastic. I, I really like the deal. I'm, I'm happy for it. And so here's my question for both of you guys, which is they brought both Desclafani and Wood kind of in as like a, 
hey, we know you guys can be good when you're working, when you're going well, and we're going to give you a shot to prove it. Now, proving it is twofold in baseball these days. They can prove it and then go back on the free agent market and chase a bigger deal, or you can prove it to your team and go like, hey, I really like it here. We want 107 games. I want to work with the same staff. I want to work with the same. Well, you're not going to work the same catcher, but um, you know, I, I, I like, I like the, I like I the know, environment. I'm, I'm gonna Don't cry worry. Now. Well, well, we're we're gonna get to that. <laughs> oh, you to bring that up. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get to that because I know you guys going so well. I know you guys haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. And Brad and I spent quite a bit of time talking about it, so I want to get your thoughts on it. But and then the idea is like, look, they can come back and Im- actually improve on what they did last year. So. Quick thoughts, quick takes. Matthew, go first, then then Ben, you, you can chime right in. Thoughts on Dave Clefani and Wood coming back to the Giants. Well, I, I, first, uh, Brad, it's it's T Bone. Yeah, not not, not Disco. Not All right. Disco. Unfortunately, so, it is. Daddy's going to be here for three years. You got to get that right. You were probably born <laughs> in the '70s, like I was. Uh, you got to go with Disco. I feel like you should embrace hey, Disco, disco myself. Is the better but, nickname. Yeah, that is he the better nickname. T-bone. I, I don't. I don't, I don't care what he likes. <laughs> I, I don't. Fans I don't like the T-bone thing. Okay. All right. So so T-bone Disco. I, I feel like it was a good signing. I think. Uh, I think, you know, Farhan, you know, said at the end of the season that he wanted to keep as much of the nucleus together as possible. And, you know, you can't argue with that. I think, you know, 107 wins and and how they, they performed as a starting rotation. And he was a big part of that. So uh, I think it's decent money. I think I'm happy with the with the length of the contract. I'm happy with the average annual value. Uh, I think it's fair. I think it allows the the Giants to uh, to 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 do more in the free agent market by getting two starters for the same price that they would have paid Cueto, you know that was what his option was was twenty two million. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a fan, and and you know these guys are are part of the team and they already know you know and I think the the coaching staff knows them. So, yeah, I I don't see any downside at this point. Uh, Anthony Disclafani was better than people think he was uh, this season. Um, I, Brad, I, I you know I, I don't want to rain on your parade, but but here's the thing: the man only gave up four earned runs three times or more three times. Yeah, ten. The reason why Giants fans might think he's not quite as good because he got stopped by the Dodgers. Ben. Is because he did that <laughs> twice against the Dodgers. Yes, right. Yes. So Desclafani gave up four earned runs or more three times. And he did it twice against the Dodgers. He was really bad against the Dodgers, and he got destroyed by the Dodgers, giving up ten earned runs. Um, and you know, you look at every single one of his other outings; he was three earned runs or less. I think the only downside about him is he really did seem to get into trouble um, late, like around, around like the fifth or sixth inning. Uh, He seemed to get a little bit fatigued or, or maybe it was the third time through the lineup effect or, or whatever. But, but that is, he did seem to struggle at that point in the game. But I think this is an absolutely outstanding uh, re-sign. I think, um, I think the big question mark with, with both him and Wood is do they stay healthy? And T-Bone had a great season this year. I mean, he was, he was, he was the guy that was there pretty much the entire season. I, I think he did miss a couple of starts, but, um, but, but for the most part stayed off of the, uh, the injured list. And, you know, I think it, it, this is an absolutely outstanding signing. And I think as Matthew pointed out, relatively inexpensive, right? If they had uh, taken Cueto's option, 
um, that would have been what they spent on both wood and discophony. Now, granted, that option was kind of ridiculous, but um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm super excited. I I, I yeah. really am glad that they signed him. I, I he was the one guy besides Gossman that I really wanted them uh, to absolutely keep. So no, I'm I'm very excited to, to have um, Mr. Uh, T Bone Disco back. And, and you have a guy who beats the snot out of bad teams. You don't cast yeah. him aside just because he has a tough time against some of the better teams um, because you still have to beat those cruddy teams. If you don't, right. you're not in the position the Giants were last year. So you still have to have a guy like that who can come out against some of the lesser teams and, and dominate them. Um, saves your bullpen, gets you those wins. Uh, you know, it's huge. So I, I think, I, again, I'm totally on board with this with this sign, and I, I love it. So... Oof. Here's here, here's my question for all three of you, and, and Brad, I'll come back to you first, which mm-hmm. is because of what Matthew said about Farhan's statement about trying to bring as many guys back from the, the team of, of uh, 107 wins, does this enhance, does it does does it give us a better chance? Does it give us a worse chance? What's gonna what, what do you think happens with Gossman here? Do you have a feeling about you know, whether or not the Giants are going to be able to bring him back. It's tough to say. So Buster Posey's $22 million option is basically now Woods and DiScofani's money. Um, So that money was earmarked. Now it's going to two other players. I think you still have the money for Gossman. It it depends on, I've, I've seen numbers of 20 to 25 for Gossman per year. Will the Giants shell that out? I mean, how much is Scherzer going to cost? So so I think you look at Gossman and you say, can we keep basically four of our five starters from last year um, by giving Gossman a $21, $22 million deal a year? Um, I, I think by keeping these two guys, I think it helps in your pitch for Gossman. Um Toronto's kind of making that push for him. Um, but I think if you're if you're Gossman, you say, well, you know what? I've kind of established things in San Francisco. I've been there the last two years. Uh, we kind of didn't know the type of guy he is. Um, he has said to Andrew, Andrew Baggerly that basically, if I don't get a call from the Giants, I will be offended. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure at this point they're probably in talks. Um, the, the reports recently, I think today, were that the Giants were making a push for starting pitching. Um, so I think, I think there's a good chance in the next day or two we might even see uh, Gossman re-sign with the Giants. Um, my question is, and I don't know what you guys think about all of this. Uh, I, I've been trying to think of pros and cons. Is there a pro for the players or a con for the players to sign before the CBA expires and before we know the terms of the new one, Uh, because there kind of seems to be a little bit of a rash of players signing right now versus the last couple of years where it was not before Thanksgiving, it was way after Thanksgiving, but we're starting to see a lot of guys sign before Thanksgiving. So I want to get your guys thoughts on that. Well, I think to answer that question, I think that there's absolutely a sense of urgency, I think, for some uh, because of the unknown and how long this could last. And so, yeah, get your money now. Right. And because I think I think for the established veterans, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of change 
between you know and the CBA. I mean, they're going to get their theirs, right? Uh, yeah. I think yeah, you, it's you know, going to be the younger players, right? So I don't think that these guys have anything to like wait out. I think they would probably want to know what they're going to do. So that's probably why we're seeing a little bit of action right now. I think as far as Gosman, uh, I think if I'm Gosman's agent, I'm absolutely putting out there that the Toronto Blue Jays are interested. <laughs> right. And <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so it, it's, you know, to hear that it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, of course there are other teams that are interested. Uh, that's obviously put out there because they want, you know, you know, the giants to step up and, and and I think that the Giants will. I think that uh, there's been uh, they put a lot of time and, and and energy into developing Gosman, you know, helping him through, you know, to to become the pitcher that he's become. And they, I think that they they see that value. And I don't. They're not a cheap team. They're not going to you know nickel and dime you know Gosman. I think they're going to pay him you know what 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 the market bears and what it's what what he's worth. And so. I do expect him back. Uh, if he were to go somewhere else, though, it, it you know it wouldn't surprise me because it's a business. But you know he's a West Coast guy. I mean, he's from Colorado. He likes pitching you know in in Colorado. He'll get that opportunity with the Giants. Uh, I think he likes being close to to home. So I think the odds are good that he'll be a Giant. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I think Brad, you made a really great point with with Buster leaving. You know, not only do they not have to pick up Buster's option, they also don't have his buyout because he retired, right? So, yeah. so, so Buster clears the books entirely, which leaves just a huge. You know, the Giants were going to exercise that option for sure. Mm-hmm. They were. Oh yeah. And and so now now that just leaves a huge huge amount of of money that they were planning on spending available to put at other people they've already got belt coming back which i'm guessing Garrett is going to have us talk about later but <laughs> but but the, but the point is is like the, the dollars are really working out in the giants favor right now and so i think they can make gossman a, a really good offer and my guess is is that that is what they're trying to do right now is they're trying to shore up the the pitching staff and then they're going to see where they end up with the starters and, and go from there. So I expect them to to take a really good run at Gossman. And if I'm him, I, I don't see how you turn that down. I mean, I, you know, I, I think this is your home. This is the place where you have finally achieved what you've been trying to achieve. And I, I just don't know. You know, you want your team won 107 games last year. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. don't know how you walk away from this organization for – for a little bit more money. Um, but, yeah. but in terms of your, your overall question, Brad, I, I do, I think, yes, I think the veteran players want to want to sign now. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything when it comes to this stuff, but it just seems to me the chances of a labor stoppage uh, or a, pl- a play stoppage is, is low. It just seems like the, the two sides are more aligned than they have been in a while that they want to get a deal done. But I imagine if you're a veteran player, you don't want to be caught in a situation where there is a work stoppage and, and you haven't signed yet. Right. Because that is just going to create a really awkward situation once the contract is signed, because we might be, you know, well into spring training or even into the regular season. And a lot of guys will just not have a contract done and it's just not a good place to be. So that's why I think you probably see a lot of guys rushing to get things done now. All right, I'm looking at the list here of the top starting pitchers in free agency. Scherzer is going to be at the top of everybody's list, but he's also 37 years old. You have Robbie Ray, Cy Young Award winner, who turned his career around last year at the age of 30. And Gossman, who will be 
Uh, I think Gossman is currently 30. So those are your top three guys. So if you do not bring back Gossman, do you look for another one of these top guys? Marcus Stroman is out there as well. Uh, Verlander's already been picked up. Um, Kershaw probably not coming to the Giants. Syndergaard's already been signed. So a lot of those top guys, uh, you know, a few of them are already off the market. So it's kind of like Gossman is someone you know. He's someone that you can work with. He's workable. He's going to be 30. Uh, he'll be 30 for the for the entire season. Um, no, th- no, he'll turn 31 in, in January. I, I, I take that back. So still fairly young. If, if you give him a four-year deal, the way that people take care of their bodies today, the way that – uh, you know, they have all the coaches to, to help, you know, w- w- with the programs and offseason stuff. It theoretically, he could be a really good pitcher for the next three or four years. Whereas maybe in yesteryear, you know, we've been kind of burned out by guys getting in, you know, Barry Zito, Johnny Cueto. We just talked about Cueto as they get into that time, you know, but it seems like the way that this team is built, they have a plan for stuff like this. So I am completely fine with Gossman coming back. I'm very interested to see what that money is, though, because if you are, um, I, I don't know who is on his radar. You mentioned the Blue Jays. Theoretically, they could go high with with that 25 mark. And if the Giants are more in the 22 range, I could definitely see Gossman taking the, the higher value. So I think it is up to the Giants to kind of really be competitive there and not just think, oh, you know, we won 107 games. Why wouldn't he come back? So I do hope that they're competitive. If that's the guy that they see as their top target, because they do have the money. So I do, I do think that, you know, there's a good, there's a good chance that he comes back. I don't think any of these, the, the moves that they made today changes that one way or another, but here's, here's one question that I want all, all I want to ask all three of you, which is, because, and we're going to talk about Buster in a second, don't worry, but because we just lost, uh, you know, a great right-handed bat, if you feel confident in Logan Webb, and then they, they, they're they talking about this uh, Alex Cobb today as another guy who's possibly on their radar, if you feel confident with Webb as an ace and you're comfortable with Dace Clefani sliding back into that two slot like he was or you know for a good half of of the year maybe they throw some of that money at a right-handed bat because there's tons of guys who are being targeted for the giants as well so brad if you could if you could pick not to say that they're not going to get both they may get both but if you're if you're looking at if it's gossman or it's castellanos like are you choosing offense or are you choosing uh, you know, guy who finished in the top six in, in the NL Cy Young. You know, the, the Giants are a club now that I think could afford both. I, I really think they're at that point because I was kicking around the idea today. I thought, well, what about Gossman and Stroman? I, I mean, round out that nice pitching staff. But then at that point, then do you look at it and say, well, then Castellanos is off, Conforto's off, maybe Simeon's off. Um, so I think the Giants are probably looking at Gossman or Stroman and adding a huge bat, Simeon or 
Castellanos. I think the Giants are that club now that can do that, and they have to. I mean, look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers could sign Scherzer. They could go out and, and sign anybody they want. And, and at this point, the Giants have to continue to compete with that because they don't want the wild card. They had a taste of the National League West title. They've had it now. So I think the wild card is not necessarily an option for the Giants going forward. They want that West title. I think they can sign both. Um, I'd be happier, I think, with Gossman because I know with Zadie's track record, he can find um, – the guy who's kind of hanging out on the corner, uh, <laughs> slinging, you know, I don't know, flip, flipping the sign. The Max Muncy's of the world. Or his, yeah. his arm is in a sling. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's just standing there and says, uh, we'll pitch for, for beer money. Yeah, any yeah. sling, really. And mm-hmm. and he can sign him and he'll hit 20 home runs, you know, hit 270, get on base um, quite often. So so I, I, I'm happier with, with having Gossman, but I think the Giants could really do both at this point. It's a great, it's a great point. Yeah. Because they similarly how they found Lamont Wade last year, yeah. Zadie being Zadie. Yeah. Um, so, so Matthew, um, not saying the Giants have to pick, but if it came to it where it's like stud pitcher, stud offensive player, your mentality, your way of watching baseball, what would you go with? Well, they definitely need a right-handed bat, and they need a right-handed outfielder uh, in in particular. And so, I think that you're going to see. You know, the I think the Castellanos, uh, even the Simeon, he's not an outfielder, but you know, then there's the Confortos. So there's there's some right-handed power out there that I think that they will pursue. Uh, but you know, as, even with today's signings, they still only have a hundred million, you know, uh, allocated, you know, on their budget, so on their payroll. So they've got a lot of money to play with. And and I think that uh, so, you know, they're, they're they're in a really good position. I wouldn't be surprised for them to see them go for, you know, a you know, if, they, if it's Gosman or someone else, but another, you know, a high, you know, 20 to 25 million dollar pitcher. I don't I don't see why not. They have the ability to do that. Uh, one of the other things that went under the radar is that, you know, they they brought up Sean Jelly to the to the 40 man this week, uh, obviously protect him from the uh, rule five draft. But as we know, if you're on the if you're on the forty man, you're going to play, and uh, I think pretty much everybody on the forty man this last year played. You know, it was brought up to the to the major league club, and so uh, he's so Jelly is certainly an option for that number five spot. You know, and and if not right off of out of spring training, at some point I expect we'll see him, and. So we've got a little bit of depth there. I think that they're also, yeah, they're going to find their next De Sclafani. I mean, you win 107 games and you have the reputation the way the Giants do is for developing pitchers. You're going to have guys that are in that prove-it-to-me stage. They're going to want to sign with the Giants. And so I think you're going to see some of those, you know, that are in the, you know, three to $5 million range that are going to, you know, uh, that we're going to see sign with the Giants. But yeah, I don't see why you can't do both. I mean, they've got enough money to be able to afford a, a power right-handed bat and and another starting pitcher in my books. Ben, I'm going to slightly adjust my question for you because Matthew mentioned Jelly. And in the back of your mind, you can say, well, if you lose out on a starting pitcher, I don't know. I don't think Jelly could replace Gossman. But if you lose out on somebody, you have this guy who you've been building up to, to come in at some point. Same thing can be said for Ramos, right? They've had Ramos kind of in waiting. He will probably at some point in 2022 make the team and play real baseball. If you, do you think that, um, you know, would you be disappointed 
if they didn't add a right-handed bat, or would you sit back and go, well, let's play the long game, and you know Ramos is coming up? Like, how would you look at that situation? Well, I, first of all, I think it's pronounced ya jelly. Ya jelly. <laughs> is it really? Okay, so let's, no, 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 it's not. It's not. It's not. Je- uh, jelly is uh, a lot more fun. I've yeah. got it. I jelly. Uh, jelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jelly. Sounds like uh, throwing a punch. I, I've got karate. I've got a good monomic for how to spell Yastrzemski, so I'm going to find one for how to pronounce <laughs> pronounce his name. Um, uh. Uh, I, so okay, I, I I'm glad you asked me that question be- because I, I think you all everything that you guys have said sounds really smart. I do think the Giants have enough money to sign two big contracts. I also think that they're going to go after one more starter. And, and then after that, they're probably going to try to sign like four guys and really add depth uh, and, and see, you know, and hope that, you know, a couple of those guys, you know, um, prove themselves at triple a level and are Scott an option. Casimir is still out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I think we're going to see more signings like that, but I think also the giants have proven both by the changes that they made to the ballpark and 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 then also just the changes that they made at the organizational level, they have proven that they are a great place for people to land if they're trying to revive uh, or, or revitalize their career. So so I, I think they have uh, they're going to have a, a lot of people lining up to say, hey, I want to play for the San Francisco Giants at that level. So I think they'll have a lot of choices and I think they will they will try to do something there. Uh, but I do think they're going to try to sign two more big guys. And if that's the case, one of them better be Nick Castellanos. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That is, I mean, from a, I don't know if he fits in at the clubhouse level, but I, you know, he's not any more of a, a question mark in that regard than Sterling Marte, right? Which I know is another person that the Giants fans are really excited about. I think Nick Castellanos is a much better signing. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a right-handed power bat who would absolutely thrive at the current configuration of Oracle. It, it, I, I think he is a dynamic and exciting player. Um, he's the kind of player that I want to see on the field, right? Um, and so, I, I, but I, you know, I mean, does that mesh with the Giants' style of play? I, I don't know. But I think they absolutely should be making a run at Nick Castellanos. Uh, that's the guy I want to see. I, that's the guy I want to see in a Giants uniform next year of all the free agents. Give me Nick Castellanos. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's the guy. That's the guy that Brad's been talking about yeah. for yes. a while now. Yeah. Do as it well. And uh, you know, you mentioned Marte. You mentioned Castellanos. Um, there is the uh, uh, we haven't figured out the first name pronunciation. Seiya Suzuki, who is out there, and it was. Oh, I'll solve this problem. Yeah, I was going to say we can. Just go ahead and ask it. No, no, I, I, I need. I need to see it spelled. S S E I Y A. S E I Y A. And the best thing about Suzuki is he's only twenty seven, and he's already out there as a free agent. Whereas most of these guys don't really get out there to be free agent until they're in their late twenties or early thirties. Yeah. Bryce Harper was just a couple years too early for where we were right. in terms of building and everything. And else. they it, it still yeah. almost got them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also uh, you could, uh, I, I guess uh, Conforto is out there. 
He's not as sexy as those other two guys. Chris Taylor also out there, also not as sexy as those other two guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- those are the types that it that it would seem that would fit the team. I like I like as much as I would love for them to go spend a ton of money on Marcus Simeon. It doesn't feel like that's kind of the guy that the Giants would go after, but maybe they will. Um, but you know, the Seegers and the Correas and, and guys like that are probably not on the Giants' well, radar necessarily. There's also Chris Taylor, you know, that uh, you know, seems no. to be linked. <laughs> seems to be linked to the Giants. I, I know, you know, the, the, the no. Dodger uh, connection, but yes. he, he no, I mean, there's just, tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to be a Dodger, and then there are certain other Dodgers. <laughs> right? He's one of those other Dodgers. Hershiser can be a Giant. Chris Taylor can be a Giant. Yeah. Right? What? Moral. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, what? I, I'm only that way with Justin Turner. If oh, Justin yeah. Turner were linked Agreed. to us, I would have a really, really hard time with that. Well, I, then you I just got to bring back, uh, you just got to bring the two other Giants, the, the Brebbia, and then, <laughs> yeah. bring, and then you just mix Turner in there, and then yeah, the Giants true, fans will yeah. never know that he's on the team. That's right. Because Ooh, all, you know, yeah. it's all, these guys. Guys. all these redheaded yeah. bearded guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we do have to mention a couple of other moves that, you know, not not as happy. Uh, Jay Jackson, they traded Jay Jackson today for a player to be named later. They also... That's DF- smart. That's classic Zaidi. That right? is right. That's, wow. Yeah. That's I like, mean, hey, we're going to DFA this guy, but hey, wow. if anybody wants him, we'll take a yeah. low-level draft pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and they couldn't find a taker for Alex Dickerson, from what it seems like, because they DFA'd him. Mm. So they do lose a couple of guys. Now that's all about creating more space on this roster because they are adding to the roster. They are not, you know, those are the reasons why these guys are not on the team anymore because you need space for that 40-man. Well, Dickerson, not yet, though, because if if they just DFA'd him today, I think it's like a... 48 hour process or so for him to get through and then they could still trade him. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there could be somebody out there that, looking for our that may, Dickerson. So, yeah. Right. And that may be why they didn't uh, announce the wood signing or, you know, uh, true. Yeah. You know, because they want to figure out something with Dickerson or with Dickerson rather. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's bring it to Posey. Now, Brad <sighs> and I have had our long sessions. We, 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 we've, you know, we've kind of thought about it long and hard and been like, okay, like, how do we deal with this? I don't think you guys have done that yet on your podcast. No, so. you know, Ben was in Hawaii and uh, when it happened and Didn't help. Uh, we've had to, <laughs> we've had to, we've had to go through those seven stages of grief on our own. You know, you it go. really, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, the denial was, was there at first and then, then anger and, I, I haven't gotten to acceptance quite yet, to be honest. I, I think that uh, it, it's 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 hard to put into words. I think how how much Buster felt as I mean, he was the Giants, right? And and when you when you thought of the Giants over the last decade, the constant of Buster Posey was, uh, you know, I think a privilege that few teams have ever had, uh, particularly because of who he was as a person, but also the position that he played and the level that he played it. And, you know, elite catchers are uh, few and far between. And we were lucky enough to see him for, for over 10 years. And, and I feel like uh, he's, he is irreplaceable. So when we start talking about how do you replace Buster Posey, you don't. So the lineup will definitely be less because of him. Uh, and so that's going to hurt the team. But uh, regardless of that, I just, I'm, I'm going to miss 
you know, what he brought to the table every every game. And uh, you know, people were talking about their their defining moments of Buster and remembering, you know, the grand slam against Latos and you know, all these things that he did. My biggest memory of him is when uh Bryce Harper was hit by by Strickland. Mm. And and we all knew it was coming. And Strick and 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 Bryce Harper goes racing out to 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 to, to tackle Strickland, and you see in the background Buster going, <sighs> and just sitting there, standing there while this happens. Yeah. And then eventually he kind of starts running yeah. out there. But I just you know that was Buster, right? Okay, like, but some I, people didn't like that. Some I people were like, "Oh, he's yeah. not backing up his guy." Because, because let's face it, Strickland was a dick, yeah. right? And <laughs> was not, I mean, that that was, was a oh yeah, he was not backing up Strickland. Yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, I, yeah, I was that okay with tell that. you yeah. everything you needed about Strickland. Then, <laughs> yes, ah, yeah. uh, wow. So first of all, I, I do want to apologize. You might saw, have somebody might have just seen a cattail. Um, <laughs> That's why I closed my door because yeah, I had to, I had to it escort would be in here fighting. I did right not now. realize yeah. that he was hiding where he was in his spot. Um, his name is Wilson, by the way. Wilson, nice. He has a, there's he's he's about ten years old, and there is another cat who is not in this room who's named Posey. <laughs> Who is a little bit uh, a little bit younger actually than 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 Wilson, but um, so you can see how I name my cats. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but wow, um, Matthew. Yeah, he says like he was the San Francisco Giants in, in many ways. Do you remember a time before there was Buster Posey? I, I think. I, obviously we do. Obviously there's great, there, there are legends um, amongst the San Francisco Giants, some of the greatest players to ever play the game. I think to Giants fans, Buster Posey will always have a different and special place. You know, he was the guy that showed up in to usher in the era where the Giants were the greatest team in baseball. And he was baseball's greatest player. And and he did it with such grace and and um, and class that I think he was he was just on another level, right? As as a baseball player, and and he is one of those guys that was a legend, and you knew it when you saw him on the field, right? A lot of times you don't know it until you know time has passed, right? Or it it takes a while, or it kind of sneaks up on you, a la Brandon Crawford. Right. Uh, we all know it now, but it, it took a while for, for Crawford to get there. I mean, you kind of knew it with, with Buster the day he, he showed up. And, you know, I, I think all of the, the monumental moments and his ups and downs in his career, they just all feel larger than they would for any other player. Right. Like we all know, uh, you know, uh, we all remember the, the slide cousins taking Oof. him out and breaking his leg. And that changed the game of baseball. Right. The game of baseball will never be the same because uh, Buster Posey broke his leg and it was just too much for the game to take. You know, here I'm getting choked up already. You know, I can't I can't, I can't even, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's a monumental. I don't want to say loss because, you know, I mean, the Giants, first of all, the Giants take fantastic care of their players and any Giants player that wants to come back can come back and and they will celebrate them. But it is a transition that I don't think 
it, 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 it's going to be felt. I mean, it, it's it's going to be felt on the pitching staff. It's going to be felt on the way the other managers manage the game. I mean, even last year when Buster played two thirds of the season, it changed the way other managers managed the game when when Kurt Casale started because they knew that Buster was on the bench, right? It, it just it just changes the game. He was a game changer. Um, and I don't think there's another player like him from his era, you know? Uh, so I, I, I'm just, uh, I'm so bummed. I'm so bummed. But at the same time, you know, when you look at it from a human perspective, I absolutely understand why he made that choice. I mean, I think it's absolutely the right choice for him to make at a personal level and he's got nothing left to prove. And, you know, I think 2021 was about proving to him, to himself that, that he was still a great player and he did that. And uh, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for emoting on, on our show. I I really appreciate Mm -hmm. you guys doing that. Um, And Brad, before we move on two quick things to get to, we don't want to take up too much time here uh, of, of Matthew and Ben, but will the giants fans give Joey Bart a chance? is kind of what I wonder. Playing in the shadows of an all-timer is going to be tough. And we all know, just based on uh, the situation in Johnny Cueto last year, you know, he, he already had a rough start behind the plate with someone who's such a veteran pitcher and probably a little cranky at times too. But Joey Bart's got big shoes to fill, but he was drafted to fill these shoes. Will the fans give Joey Bart a chance to do that next year. They're going to give him a chance because he's going to crush the baseball (laughs) when he gets a hold of it. But I don't think they're going to give him as much of a chance behind the plate like Mm. you just alluded to. It's going to take a lot for Giants fans to trust Bart's pitch calling, um, him calling an entire game. Uh, it's going to take, I, I mean, look at Casale comes in and, and it was sort of like five straight shutouts last year. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> there's not only just Posey's shoes to fill. If something happens and Bart goes out there in his first game, you know, Giants pitchers give up four runs in the first inning, it's going to be a problem. Um, but I think I think over time, I, I say by the All Star break, uh, fans will kind of settle in and things will be fine. But he will be. Uh, I mean, he'll be up with the big club. He's not going to be in AAA next year. He is. It is his job to lose at this point. Uh, can the Giants bring back Casale on a on a on a nice deal for another year or two? I think so. I think Casale really loves San Francisco. Well, he, so he's I under team he, control now. I mean, he's just, he's on oh, arbitration. That's right. He's arbitration eligible. That, that's, that's, that's right. It. He is arbitration. Oh, so you guys know more about the, the that type of stuff. Than, than <laughs> I mean, when it comes yeah. to like, yeah. Brad was, Brad was telling me, he's like, I listen to these guys yeah. and they're really solid on this contract stuff. And like, on all these little <laughs> nooks and crannies of stuff. <laughs> Hey, there, yeah. there's a uh, websites that uh, you know, fan graphs is a fan good graphs, yeah. place. Spot track. Yeah. I go to spot track and I look and I look at that every now, but I don't look at everybody. I can't, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I yeah. just can't, but, but yeah. So kiss Allie. So, I mean, you know, the combination of the two, I think it's going to be fine. Um, I think they are going to give them a, a, you know, a somewhat long leash. They know. And like we talked about this before, Garrett, there is absolutely no way Joey Bart can ever fill Buster Posey's shoes. It's just not possible. You have to start. I mean, if he, even if he wins rookie of the year this year, I don't need, I, I think he might still be eligible for that. Although 
you know what? The whole I think, 2020 season. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say 2020, so, no. I think kind of ruined that whole thing for yeah, him. Um, so, so he can't even start out that way. He can't even, but say they go to the world series next year and they win the world series and, and he leads the pitching staff and there's a couple of shutouts in the playoffs and, you know, he's behind the dish for that. Maybe, uh, but but still, there's no. I mean, it's it would have to be years and years and years before Giants fans say we're okay with this. I, I think the first three or four mm. years are going to be rough for Bart. I I hate to say it, but I but I think that's just the way it's going to roll. All right, I would ask Matthew and Ben, but I want them to be able to take this to their podcast so that you guys can answer that Joey Bart question on your own podcast when you guys record again. Because what we'll, we'll, I want, I have two more topics. I want just quick hits. I want quick hits from all four of us. Speed um, round. We do these. We're yeah, good. Okay. We're good. We're good. All right. Brandon Crawford finishes fourth in the NL MVP ballot. Uh, fair. Perfect. Did you think he should do better? Worse? Brad, quick thoughts. I loved it. More first place votes than Fernando Tatis. Correct? Correct. I believe. Correct. If I don't have the numbers in front no, of me, you're I right, absolutely yeah. love that. <laughs> uh, better shortstop than Fernando Tatis yeah. can ever. I'm a better shortstop than Fernando Tatis. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just booted one. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't have to think uh, he did. He, just he did. did. He did. So, so yes, I love that. I think uh, I think it could have even been third, but uh, but coming in fourth, I think that was fantastic. Well, Matthew. Was- Agreed. He was never going to win. Uh, I feel like he uh, uh, he was the most uh, valuable player on the Giants this year. And I think fourth place was probably about right. Uh, I think the bigger question is, you know, it, well, the thing to celebrate is Lamont Wade Jr. getting a 10th place. Vote, you know? So, uh, uh, which I thought was also appropriate. Go Bags, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I think Wade's vote was totally, totally valid. I, Lamont Wade Jr. was in many ways the most valuable player for the Giants this year, which is stunning. Um, but we needed we needed those magical wins that he gave us. And so, you know, even though the Giants probably win, what, 103 games without him, 104 games without him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon Crawford, absolutely. Fourth place is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, you know, Harper and Soto did it off of their stats. Tatis did it with his flash. Crawford did it with his defense and offense and by playing on a great team. He was an all around great player, I think. Um it, it was a. It was probably his career season, and and what a season! Uh, it was amazing. Absolutely, absolutely deserved. I, I'm in agreement with everybody. I just liked. Uh, I, I liked Bags's reasoning for voting Crawford, but when you when you are the hometown beat writer and you vote for your guy, there's always going to be problems where people are going to ah Homer this Homer that. It's like no, he actually he actually had a lot of good arguments. Okay, last question. We talk about this guy, the captain. <laughs> Brandon Belt. Okay, so Brandon Belt accepts a qualifying offer. He's only like one of like two players, I think, that that accepted their qualifying offer. My hypothesis on this is that they looked at the market. They were looking for a three-year deal. Couldn't find a three-year deal. Decided to accept the Giants' qualifying offer. Maybe it turns into a similar deal to Brandon Crawford, which I kind of imagine was probably out there already for belt, but they took the chance that maybe there's a three-year deal out there for belt. Cause he's a little bit younger. So I'm so happy that he's back. Um, I would love to see what he can do on this team with uh, the, the new park and play 140 games. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, Garrett's one of those guys. 
<laughs> well, I mean, he did, right? Uh, if you go back, Garrett's had glass well, half full. Yeah, he did once. Guys. Well, he did the, year, the year before the 2019, pandemic, yeah, he had like 150 <laughs> games or something. So I'm not even asking for 150. Give me 135. Give me 140. He can have the one goofy injury that happens when he's running out of ground ball and then he's out for no, four he's gonna weeks. fall out of bed and injure his own thing i mean yeah, that's but, the way it's yeah. gonna be this year. but if you look at the last two years his power numbers are through the roof so let's have some more of that whatever yeah. he's been doing let's do it again for another year and i want to see what he can do maybe he can hit 35 bombs uh this year you know hit hitting in the lineup so um brandon belt comes back just quick thoughts on if you guys think that he can continue the success of the last two years, or were those years outliers? And he kind of goes back to what he was. Brad, we'll start with you. I say he's our, you talked about it. We need a 30 home run guy. He's our 30 home run guy uh, next year. Um, I, I always talk about this too. I always tweet this out. There's a right side of the belt wars. There's a wrong side of the belt wars. We are on the right side of the belt wars. I'm not going to say which is the right or which is the wrong side, (laughs) but, uh, but, but, but I love the guy. Uh, he is the captain. This persona that he came up with this year was fantastic. I said on our last show that I think personally it was dire to get him back this season because this was after Posey had announced the retirement, but I thought, I thought it was dire to get him back because you've got Crawford, you've got belt. There's the cat. And you've got, (laughs) and so you've got to have that, um, that veteran leadership. I I mean, Longoria has been around. (laughs) Hey, Wilson. He's furry like like Brian Wilson. (laughs) I've got a cat that looks exactly like that. Funny. So, so yeah, I think it was dire that we got him back and I'm glad he's back. You need that leadership in the, in the clubhouse uh, with Posey gone. Uh, Longoria is there. He hasn't been a giant as long, even though he's an older guy, Uh, but you've got Crawford and you've got belt and those guys are going to help lead some of the younger guys that come up. So I thought it was fantastic. I would agree. I think that, uh, yeah, I've been a big belt fan forever. I think that he, we talked about in our podcast that, uh, the giants coaching staff finally came, uh, you know, basically the giants coaching staff came and found in belt what they were wanting all along and, and belt hit 29 home runs in in less than hundred games last year. So absolutely. He is our three thirty home run guy. (laughs) Uh, uh, I, I feel like he will, um, he's why not, you know, I think, yeah, he's got to stay healthy. That's always a big hell, a big if with Brandon belt, but, uh, I'm glad he's back. He's, he's so much more than just, uh, than home runs. He's, uh, (laughs) you know, he's, he's the leader of the team and and I'm excited. Uh, Side note for Halloween. I went, as Brandon Belt for Halloween. And uh, I had a giraffe costume and I had the Giants jersey with the big C on electrical tape on nice. it, the whole yard. So Wait, did I, you, I did you slump your shoulders as you walked? Of course. So, there we go. Of course, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about it. All right, Ben, you're, you're going to go, close, yeah, you're gonna go close it down for us. Uh, Wilson yeah. and I are going to close this out. Ben, ben and um, Wilson, here we go. I would say, so I, uh, Brad and I are, are, are very aligned. I, 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 Brad, I like you a lot, man. I, I, I think with Buster retiring, Brandon Belt coming back was huge for the clubhouse. Yeah. I, I think, I think he, what the Giants fans saw this year with the captaincy and, and everything else that he did, I think probably personified what he'd been doing all along. 
right? And 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 was just an extra element to to making this team be a great place to be and for where players can feel loose and 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 taken care of. Um, but here's here's what I'm going to say about Brandon Bill. And I'm, and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just going to say something super controversial just to stoke the Brandon Belt Wars. <laughs> Second best first baseman in San Francisco Giants history. Wow. Wow. Take, okay. take that, Belt haters. Yeah. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me. Okay. So, That's so Matt, you, who, 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 which, on Twitter? Which, which first baseman, which one of the two greats did I just disparage? <laughs> I feel I feel like you I feel like you dropped Will Clark. I think so. <sighs> yeah. I, I just yeah. dropped the thriller for sure. Yeah. I mean yeah. 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 That's that's wow. what it is. Yes, I just said it. I said it. If I said right. it, you heard it. <laughs> mic uh, drop that's on what the I, last that's the, that's what I think about Brandon Belt in the last topic you just mic dropped it. Yeah. Um no guys, so um I want to say thank you guys for, for jumping on. You know, we, we get to uh, Brad and I can go all day. Brad and I know each other from college. And this kind of is our, you know, instead of doing a phone call or, or a text chat, like this is our time that we get to hang out together. And so happy that you guys got to got to join in because, uh, you know, like I said, we've only had a few guests. You guys fit into what we enjoy about this stuff perfectly. We couldn't have asked for better guests. Um, everybody listening. Click over to however you listen to your podcast. Look up Giant Cocktails. Download it. Subscribe. Give these guys five stars. Do the same thing with us, Thompson to Clark. And uh, yeah, this whole Giants ecosystem of, of podcasts is in good hands with uh, with you guys. So really appreciate you guys jumping on. Um, and I think, that's awesome. And I think that's going to be it. Any any last plugs you guys want to plug anything you know outside of the socials i mean socials is all giant cocktails as well yep instagram twitter at giant cocktails uh but no yeah thanks for having us we've uh, really enjoyed it it's great to, to to meet other giants fans and people who are out there spread the world so, word so thank you so much and <laughs> wilson's ready for food <laughs> yeah, I think. thank you wilson <laughs> I've, got, I've got one more thing i actually got and we're not doing this live sometimes we do the show live but i actually got a text from a friend of ours uh, who listens to the show he's a big yankees fan and he had this to say he said the Disco and Wood deals feel like steals given the other pitching deals so far this winter. I like Cashman, but it's hard not to be jealous of Farhan and what he's doing. There you go. There you go. The so Giants that, gave that's those from guys. The Yankees, yeah. The Giants gave those guys a chance when nobody else would even look at them. Yeah. And they gave them a lot of money. Yeah. And, so this, this, this is yeah. what it's like to be a Giants fan now. Okay. So, is, and this yeah. goes back to, this goes back to what you guys are saying, which is you can entrust that you come to San Francisco, they give you a shot and you prove yourself and you can actually, you get something out of it. So that, that, that is good for the, the team when it comes to other free agents yeah. who, who do want to come here. So, yeah, right. Yeah. There have been a lot of reasons why people don't want to sign with San Francisco, right. For reasons that I think fans don't think about it's too far away. The, pl the plane flights are too long. The taxes are too high. Uh, the ballpark is too weird. It's too, it's, it's too right-handed. It's expensive as hell to live out here. Yeah. Yeah. All of those <laughs> things. And um, one thing I'll mention to, to Kevin Gossman, uh, Canadian taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
You think California taxes are bad, my friend? (laughs) (laughs) Wait till you get that socialized healthcare, boy. That doesn't come without a price. (laughs) All right. Thank you to Matthew and Ben of Giant Cocktails Podcast. Thank you to Brad. I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.